up, everybody? Welcome to a very patriotic edition of the Two Buck Sports Podcast. We uh, hope everybody had a great holiday, enjoying some downtime with family. If you were like me, you spent it on the beach all day, had a cookout, spent by the pool, whatever you did. I hope it was good. Happy July 4th. I am your co-host, Rusty Buckets, bringing in my infamous colleague, Drew from North Mississippi. What's going on down there, buddy? Hey, Rusty, how are you doing? Did you have a good 4th? I did, man. It was uh, it was busy. A lot of friends, people moving in and out, you know, in town. But uh, all day on the fourth, I think we got to the beach at like nine forty and stayed till four thirty, and then went to the Marsh Walk where you have been. Yeah. Uh, Dead Dog had some live music, and Dead Dog also was covered up, so we ate at a different place, but had a great view of the boat parade that they did, and it was a good time, man. I'd say I left my impression on the Dead Dog. You know, it was. It was uh, Michael Jordan winning winning the his NBA finals against uh was like Utah was his yeah. last one and then just walking off and never returning. Yeah, that was me at Dead Dog. I'm not allowed to go back. I was thinking about but, this. We need to do like a Patreon episode where we tell that story cuz it is worth hearing, but it's you're going to have to <laughs> have to yeah. pay up to hear it. There's some layers. <laughs> so yeah. uh yeah, we had a big fourth too. Um uh, we did uh, birthday party for my nephew and then we had uh, family things that we do you know we had a slip and slide and a pool party on the fourth uh the big highlight of the weekend though for us was the third uh Haley and i just decided to have us a little date day Ooh. and so my mom had kept the kids and so during the day or or i guess it was monday morning we just kind of woke up to an empty house and got to thinking about things that we could do today and she was like you know what would be fun? And this is when I knew. I mean, I've always known, but it just, every once in a while, it just hammers home that I mm-hmm. married an amazing woman. She rolled over and she said, you know what would be awesome to do today? Watch baseball. And I was like, oh, baby. Talk dirty to <laughs> me. Talk dirty to me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I looked up and just happened to be that the Memphis Redbirds were playing at home on Monday night. And afterwards was a humongous fireworks show. And so we took the kids out. And in my 31 years, I would thought i'd seen it all when it comes to fireworks and i would not be impressed sure. by fireworks anymore i my i was slack jawed at towards the end of that fireworks yeah. show it was incredible it was the only thing that was better was myrtle beach on the beach on fourth mm. of july the first trip i went down to see you yeah and uh when you're sitting on the beach and needing safety glasses because <laughs> you're just getting pelted with with shrapnel, shrapnel. Because everybody's just firing fireworks over your head. Yeah, you end up watching through your closed fingers or sunglasses at night. Yeah, so we had a really good fourth. And so uh, it's it's how it is for every holiday for me. Every time there's a long weekend and there's a holiday, I'm always super busy and I'm ready to just start back to work so I can have a schedule. Right. You know, I am a creature of schedule. I like to entertain. I like to have fun. I like to go. But I've got a wall, and I hit that wall. About yeah. seven o'clock last night, and I looked at Haley when we were at my Aunt Sandy's house, and I said, it's time to go. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even make the fireworks last night. I got tired, came home to watch the end of the Braves game. They were on, and I passed out on the couch and couldn't wake up enough to stumble to bed. I was so tired because, Drew, you'd be proud of me. I stayed up past midnight on Monday night. a boy. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, you'd 12. be proud of me now. I don't know the last time I've made it to midnight. I, I got talked into a late night cigar and on my back porch. And so I went out there and had that, but, but like, I didn't know 12 o'clock came twice a day, man. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm paying for it now. That's, that's for sure. That's true. I mean, I think we, 
after the Redbirds game, I think we got home at 1130 mm-hmm. and I was asleep within 30 minutes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know that I saw midnight that night yeah. either. Mm. So. Well, listen, man, we had a great holiday, and I'm, I'm glad y'all got some time to celebrate. So they are going to dive in a little bit of patriotic content to start. Got an Instagram question that you decided to pose, and so I posted it on, on 4th of July, and it was, give us your hottest patriotic take. Like, what was what, – what is your big patriotic take that gets you going? And the first one we got was our favorite podcast guest, Cousin Kirk, came on and said – all he said – was God bless America, God bless our troops, and gentlemen, start your engines. <laughs> you know, we got to talking around. It was at his mother's house, my Aunt Sandy, and that's where we were at last night. And we got to talking about the NASCAR prayer. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> yes, the guy so that good. thanks his smoking hot wife and Sunoco race fuel and <laughs> and uh, uh, what is it, Goodyear tires and. Mm-hmm. Roush racing and I mean just goes and then it's incredible ends the prayer with going in Jesus name I pray boogity 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 boogity, boogity. amen <laughs> absolutely like, nothing more patriotic than Daytona 500 NASCAR racing bush light on the car like nothing's more patriotic than that and that's absolutely right do you have a hot take before I take over yeah, because I know you got a little rant. I, you know, I, I don't necessarily. It, it's, it's, I've shared on this podcast. You slap USA on anything, and I'm gonna root for it. I don't Absolutely. care if it's robotics. I don't care if it's chess, underwater basket weaving, or shoe tying. If you put the USA jersey on it, dude, I'm all in for however long it takes. Per, perfect example is the World Cup. I do not care about soccer. I know it's a great sport. I recognize the science and the worldwide popularity and all the sporting aspects of it. It's not that I, I don't hate soccer like some people do. I just don't care about it. Right. I don't have unless, the capacity. Unless, yeah. Unless <laughs> Team USA is competing, then I am and all it, in. Yeah. Then we're, you know, we're getting the USA scarves and the, That's you know, the, the, the whole works, man. Right. We're, uh, we're walking around. Hottest, that's probably my hottest take is that I'm. You know, I I could go on a whole rant about being apologist from being for this country, and I'm not one of those people. I love my country. I'm blessed and very fortunate and recognize that, that I was born in this great nation, and I do not take that for granted. And part of that is rooting for them in every competitive sport I can. Yeah, I mean, we both root for laundry. Thousands of players have gone through our favorite teams yep. and had nothing in common for me to care about them other than the fact that they wore our team's laundry. Right. It's the same goes with the, yeah. the stars Even, and bars. I rooted for former enemies when Matt Barnes and Steven Adams became Memphis Absolutely. Grizzlies. I rooted for those dudes. Wilson Contreras plays for your Cardinals right now. We used to wear right. the Cubs. Like, you root for these dudes because they, they play for your team. I don't know anything about these Olympic athletes or soccer players or whatever that compete for the USA. But dadgummit, for a month out of a year, out of every four years, I'm all in on them, man. Absolutely. I'm, I'm 100% in agreement with you. The only thing I would change about the U.S. of A. would be the national anthem. I cannot stand the Star Spangled Banner. And it's wow. not that I can't, it's not that I can't stand the Star Spangled Banner. It's that we have so many better options. The Star Spangled Banner has no good melody. It takes forever. It's hard to sing. And. America the Beautiful is one of the most beautiful songs ever. And it can be sang by anybody. It's just the perfect song. And if I were president of the United States, I would swap it. Again, 2024. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, if, 
you know, the Christians, you know, like myself, but the, you know, the, the vocal political Christians would say, you know, and don't say anything about God in America is beautiful. Well, then, fine. Let's do God Bless America. It is also superior to the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah. God Bless the USA by Lee Greenwood would be up there, man. What a great, like, just, mm, what a great song. Get you in your feels. I don't necessarily disagree. I'm a fan of traditionalists. It's a, it's a song from our roots and where we started, and I get that. And our country had a lot of turmoil after that song, so maybe a fresh start is needed. But, but it's a it is not a good as good of a song. Right. As far as you like know. a song quality, right. you're right. Right. It's not a bop. Right. It's not a bop. And I'm telling you, at that Cardinals game, I was feeling so unpatriotic because <laughs> they had one of those speed painters do the national anthem. Yeah. And so that's cool, you know, I wash her paint. But then they had a woman singing beside her and you could tell that the painter told the woman you better not speed through this. I know I'm a speed painter, but I ain't that fast. I ain't that fast. And so you know when they start singing mm-hmm. and they hit you with the, whoa, mm-hmm. and then they get to say, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is going to be four minutes long. <laughs> yeah, as my granddad would say, they churched it up, and we ain't got yeah. time for that. Oh, she churched it up. She I'll went say all this. the way to church. I, I agree, except for one person. Did you see who sang the national an- the national anthem before the Super Bowl this past year? Oh, we talked about it on this podcast. Yeah, I Stapleton. Know. But you don't think Stapleton could hit the America the Beautiful? Sure. America. No, absolutely. I get it, man. Right. And, and yeah, and but he sang the snot out of that Star Spangled Banner, and actually made it sound like which he could sing the phone book. That's a that's a conversation for a different podcast, right. but uh, it was a great rendition. I'll give you some homework when we get off this podcast, you and then our listeners uh, don't pause the podcast to listen to it, but wait till we're done and then uh, get on YouTube or Apple music. And Zach Brown band did a rendition of America, the beautiful. And at the end of American, the beautiful, they go straight into chicken fried. And if that's not the most patriotic thing you've ever heard in your life, right there, (laughs) (laughs) it is America, the beautiful into I thank God for my life Mm. for the stars and stripes. Dude, I'd punch a terrorist right now. (laughs) Oh man. I was ready to suit up with a water gun and go fight the Taliban. (laughs) I don't know if you remember this or not, but on Anthony Moore's podcast, Basher trip. Uh, we were floating down that river. We come around this one bend, and Drew's behind me in his Budweiser tank top, and I'm several yinglings deep at this point. We come around this corner, and in this one tree, there's got to be four bald eagles perched up in this tree. I'm yeah. like, man, this is incredible. And all I hear from behind me is Drew goes, how can anyone hate America? I'd punch <laughs> a terrorist dead in the face right now. <laughs> oh, man, that was a fun trip. We could Another Patreon episode is we'll get Anthony Moore on here and we'll talk about his bachelor party <laughs> where we went, overnight, we went overnight kayaking in March. <laughs> <laughs> and Drew and I are the only ones with sense who slept in a tent that night. It's a great story. We were told that we'd already been 15 miles when in reality we may have been six, yeah, but maybe. had a great time. Yeah. <laughs> great time. Anyway, not, yeah, not all of us would agree, <laughs> but there was about four or five of us that had an amazing time. Yeah. So. And then the last one, Drew, just when I think that, like you said earlier, that you married a great woman and that you have a great daughter and love them both to death. They go and do something like this. And make me love them that much more. <laughs> Haley, 
Gan drops a hot take that says nothing is more patriotic than your daughter supporting sporting a Ja Morant jersey to the family gathering. Yeah, Let's she did. Go. Chloe, <laughs> Chloe was looking for a bathing suit cover up, and the Ja Morant jersey worked perfectly. Yes, <laughs> so trendsetter. Was, uh, stars and bars and grit and grind, baby. <laughs> what more do you need, man? That's a new need? America's team. <laughs> oh, I got to tell you the story real quick. Uh, so for Mother's Day, I bought Haley a Grizzlies jersey. It was part of it. It wasn't like the whole thing for anybody who wants to say that I'm trying to possess my wife. Just part of her uh, Mother's Day present was a Grizzlies jersey for her favorite player. Listeners will know. Roddy, it's Roddy, 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 Roddy. David Roddy. Roddy, Roddy, Roddy. <laughs> so I got her a Roddy Navy Grizzlies jersey, 27 on the back. Well... On, uh, I guess it was Monday night, the Grizzlies played their first summer league game in Utah, put the game on the TV, and what do we see? David Roddy is no longer 27. Yeah. <laughs> he took Tyus Jones' 21, and she was heated. And I was like, no, baby, you got to think about this. You're a day one Roddy fan. His rookie year is the only year he will have worn 27. You've got that jersey. You've got that jersey. You are Absolutely. a day one fan. And when he makes yep. the Hall of Fame, you've got the rookie jersey, the 27. <laughs> They're going to hang 27 in the Raptors one day, and that she'll have it. No. A no. couple last little things about why America is greater. I saw, I'm sure you all have seen this, but uh, America is the greatest country in the world. We have 31 SEC championships. The world has zero. We have 57 Super Bowl champs. The world has zero. Comparing specifically to our former mother country, we have one Fourth of July. I hope our English listeners enjoyed their uh, work day yesterday. Um, <laughs> the U.S. has 2,180 Waffle Houses. England <laughs> has zero. Um, there are no queens over England or America. Uh, we're might tied be too there. soon for that one. Um, and then finally, the greatest – I don't know if you saw this from PFT commenter, and I thought this was hilarious on Twitter – the greatest USA victories over England. Did you see this? No, I didn't. 1776, which right, it took a couple naturally. years after that, but still. Uh-huh. We beat them 0-0 in the 2022 World Cup. <laughs> beat them 1-1 in the 2010 World Cup. We broke up the royal family. <laughs> Great American Mel Gibson made right. two movies about different countries beating their tail in a revolution. <laughs> And Ted Lasso, season one only. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, that's funny. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I hope everybody had a great holiday. One of my favorite traditions around the holiday is watching one of my favorite movies, Independence Day, with Will Smith before his family made him and everybody else a little crazier. Um, This is a great movie, patriotic movie. One of the best speeches from a president ever made is through that loudspeaker Right. Uh, we will not go quietly into the night. I'm like, let's go. Give me a plane. <laughs> um, but it got me thinking, Drew, if you had one superhero or movie star or whatever, the, the, it's open. Who would you <laughs> want to defend America from extinction? Because Will Smith and Cousin Eddie make a pretty convincing point in that movie. Well, I mean, they did save. They saved the world. America. They did save the world. Yeah. So real or fictional? It's open. It's open. Uh, Thor. Yeah. Uh, that would be the obvious answer. Yeah. Uh, Ted Lasso would negotiate a surrender without yep. ever even having to lay a finger. 
<laughs> you know, he would he yep. would work out a peace treaty with a mm-hmm. with an uninvited guest better <laughs> than anybody in diplomatic history. Because he makes the best cookies. Right. And biscuits. they're not called biscuits. If you're listening over the pond, <laughs> they're, they're called cookies. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, the first name that popped to my mind, it's like, can you imagine the fear in these these aliens' eyes when they descend onto Earth and all they hear is, da, na, na, na. <laughs> and here comes John Cena. <laughs> John Cena! They play the music and immediately there's like, oh, crap. It's John Cena. I'm out. Get get it all aboard the ship. All aboard the ship. <laughs> we're going we're going elsewhere. Yeah. Outside so. of Will Smith, a couple names came to mind for me. Uh John Cena is a good one. I didn't think about that. But I've, Superman's kind of an obvious one, but he's an alien, so you might be on the wrong side. Um I think Deadpool would be a really good one. Uh it'd be fun. He'd be fun. It'd be hilarious be, listening to it. There would be a lot of collateral damage. Sure, but you'd have to have a hot mic on him so we could listen to it while it was happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, Will Smith obviously came up thinking about this. Will Smith's wife. Could be, yeah. If they she, if, if they talk trash about Will Smith's wife, he would take down the the whole ship by himself. I, he would give the speech afterwards. Keep uh-huh. my wife's name out your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she she's a terrorist. Lord have mercy. Uh, so <laughs> Theo Vaughn has got some great. Um, she's been all over social media a lot recently, and he's got some great takes about Will Smith's husband that make me laugh every time. Will Smith's husband is that was that one of the jokes? No, <laughs> one of the jokes. Was Will Smith's <laughs> <Okay. husband. laughs> Making sure said, that wasn't a misspeak. No, no, something about the that joke. Something about like fighting baldness. You know, there's so many people in our world suffer from baldness. He named some. I forgot who the first one was. And he goes, Will Smith's husband. And I was like, whoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. No. Uh, yeah. Not hope me. you had a good. good yeah. <laughs> me. I'm working my way there. Yeah. Uh, but I hope you had a good fourth and enjoyed some time with family. Um, we're going to introduce a new segment. We're going to try some stuff. It is the sports off season. We've got some professional baseball we'll talk about. Um, some different things will carry us towards the most important season of all, and that's college football. But one of them we're going to introduce tonight is called Can You Stump Drew? And so we're going to have some sports trivia. We're going to have some different things. I'm so excited about this. My (laughs) favorite show on ESPN growing up, and it did not last long. It was called Stump the Schwab. Schwab, what a great show. Oh, man, I love that show. And that dude knew everything. He could could name the whole starting lineup of like the 74 Yankees pennant team. You know, my question. (laughs) <laughs> I, I couldn't name a one of them. Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so we're going to start tonight with some lower hanging fruit. This felt like a good ease into it. This felt like a good first question. Okay. So, Drew, can you name all eight Ivy League schools? Oh, okay. Are you going to keep track of them? I got them right here. Okay. Uh, Harvard. Yep. Yale. Yep. Uh, Cornell. Yep. Penn. Yep. That's four. Right? Four. Halfway there. All right. Harvard, Yale, Penn. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Brown. Ooh, nice. That was one I didn't know if you'd get. That's number five. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the alma mater of one John Krasinski. John Krasinski. Yep. Um, I feel like I'm missing a very obvious one. A couple. Yeah, um, 
So you got three left. I, w- I should have written these down, but I don't have a pen or paper. All right. So, so far you've got Brown, Harvard, Yale, Penn. You didn't write these down either. Cornell. Yeah, I did Cornell. And you got three left. Dartmouth. Yep. Okay. So I'm up six for six. If I don't get any more, I'm pretty proud of myself. Yeah, I mean, that ain't uh, bad. Two left. And you know, I mean, one of them. Are we considered Stanford and Ivy League? <laughs> nope. uh, shoot. For the sake of having a bad pod and having a bunch of dead air. No, I'm, we're good, man. Um, this is good. Listen to you stumble through this. You've named them. Um, give me one a of mascot them, if it if that doesn't give it away. One of them's uh, in New York. One of them's in New Jersey. Oh, uh, hold on. If uh, in New York, is it um? Shoot, not NYU. Nope. Um, we got a great Ithaca. law school. Is it in it, nope. uh, Columbia? Columbia, yep. Columbia, Columbia the Lions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have Jersey. gotten that without the uh, New Jersey. Um, in the same, the town is the same name of the school. They were a, a NCAA basketball tournament team. They made the the field of sixty four. Princeton. Their mascot is a tiger. Princeton. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Nice they job, were in man. The regionals. Yeah, so. I'm, I feel like I could have gotten there. Princeton was one that I should have gotten earlier. Columbia, Columbia and Princeton, Columbia and Princeton, Dartmouth were ones I was a little worried about. Yeah, Dartmouth and Columbia would have been the ones because I knew Brown because I, I've listened to some podcasts with John Krasinski when he talks about it. But like, um, and then obviously everything comes back to the office because Cornell is where, right. you know, that's a big Andy red bear. Went. That's uh-huh. a bobblehead big red bear. <laughs> yeah it's a great yeah. episode yeah. if you haven't watched it those of you i'm sure most of our our audience is office fans because they're our friends but right. the episode where dwight pretends he's going to go to princeton to mess or right. to cornell to mess with andy is one of my favorite episodes right. yeah that's a bobblehead big red bear <laughs> god <laughs> all right hit me with another question i'm going to say that was a correct answer for me i'm going to take credit that for was that. that was um all right, this is one of my favorite questions um, to ask, and it's there are 13 FBS schools with a mascot that doesn't have an S. It ends with an S. I've right. heard all this mascots one end with an S, so like Tigers or Bulldogs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But there are 13 teams that don't have an S. Ooh, actually, there's a lot more in Division One than that. that mm, hang on. So we're not counting some of these little small, like University of Wisconsin Green Bay. They don't like we're no, talking. They like, need to have they need to have a football team. A football team. There <laughs> yeah. are third because like Elon. Like there's there's teams that don't have like a Division One. Right. There's a Division One football team that doesn't have that doesn't end in the S. Can you name them? Yeah. So there's Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Yep. The Stanford Cardinal. Yep. Um. Uh, the. Uh, Two, uh, Tulsa Golden Wave. Mm-mm, it's not is Golden not, Wave. Is that That's not Golden. Tulsa? It's, Tulsa is correct, but it's not Golden Wave. 
Well, I know you've got Tulane, Green Wave. Right. Tulsa what? is the Golden Hurricanes. Oh, Hurricane. Okay. Sorry, Hurricane. Yeah, so that doesn't count. Or Golden does it count? Hurricane. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that does count. Half point. Um, shoot. I know that there's a lot. Or deep. I, um, I'm trying to think. I know there's not any in the SEC. Are you nope, sure about there's that? there's Crimson Tide. There it is. There's one in the SEC. Yeah. Uh, see, ACC. There's Coming one old. in the ACC. Uh, Blue Devils, Tar Heels, Hurricanes, the Wolf Pack. So that that'll do for uh and for everybody that's listening. He did give me the Wolfpack sign, so I guess that would go for NC State and Nevada. Yep, there you go. Uh, and so, uh, give me a conference. You're in seven. You got seven. So one of them um, uh, is where Rick Pitino got his start, or not Rick Pitino. Uh, John Calipari got his start in college basketball. Oh, that would be the uh, Providence. That's right? Rick Pitino. Where did John Calipari start? But didn't he start at Providence as well? Uh, or I'm thinking, who coached Marcus Camby? I thought it was John Calipari. Maybe Rick Pitino. I may I may have led you astray there, but Marcus uh, Camby was the was the big player that got them in trouble, and he hightailed it to Memphis. Yep, I was correct. It was. Okay. Uh, John Calipari was his coach. Uh, Marcus Camby was I the wanted player. To say that was Providence, but I guess it's not because they're the Friars. Right. Um, it's one of those northeastern you know teams. It's one of those I know northeastern I, school. Um, it's Prov- a state university in Amherst, New Hampshire. Our, our Boston friends are freaking out yeah. right now. Uh, Amherst. Oh, um. Massachusetts. UMass. Musket- uh, what are they? The Musketeers? Minutemen. Uh, Minutemen. Okay. Minutemen or Minute Women are theirs. Um, yeah. So you, yep. Oh, uh, how about – used to be the Big East. I guess they're ACC now, so I apologize. There's two in the ACC. I forgot they're now in the ACC. Used to be a Big East. Um, famous alum include Donovan McNabb, Garrett Schrader. The Orange. Former Mississippi State Bulldog. The Syracuse. Syracuse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Orange men. Let's see who we missing here. All right, so, um, uh, shout out Lauren Massey, the Fighting Illini, Illinois. Yeah, so yeah, I could get a lot of these if I had. If you let me sit down and think of them, but uh, you've already named one in the Ivy League. Okay. Uh, say Brown, Yale is the actually there's two ball. in the Ivy League. Cornell. What's the Cornell? I was thinking out loud. Obviously, that's right because you nodded my, your head. What's the Cornell mascot? Big Red. It's Cornell Big Red? Cornell Big Red. Okay. And the other one is also a big color. <laughs> uh, if you get this, I'll be impressed. Well, if it's the Ivy League, Cornell, Princeton's the Tigers, Yale's the Bulldogs, Harvard. It's the Crimson? Crimson's. Oh, it's Crimson's? Uh, uh Princeton, uh, Princeton's and Tigers, uh, Brown, Brown Bulldogs, Brown Bears, right? Brown Bears, I think that's it. Uh, Columbia is the the Lions. Lions, Marcellus Wiley went to Columbia. 
Uh, Randomly. Yeah. Um, it is the Dartmouth Big Green. Oh, yeah. I've mean, never, never, never got, got there. Yeah. All right. Who's left? So- all right, so I've got a couple big schools left. There's still several. There's St. John University Red Storm, St. Francis University Red Flash, Presbyterian College Blue Hose. There's a lot I've out there, right? Seen we them do play this football. All day. Yeah. North Texas Mean Green. Mean Green, yeah. Um, but I've got so the Howard Bison, Hofstra Pride, Elon. All right, so what? I've got a couple. There's the College of College of William and Mary. Uh, are they the uh, explorers? <laughs> the, uh, the tribe. Okay. But I've got I've got two left that you should know. Okay. One of them is in the Fun Belt, and one of them is an independent. Oh, Liberty. No, no, Liberty's the Flames. All right, so uh, let's go with the Fun Belt. Fun Belt. Uh, fun Belt. Uh, that's gonna be La Tech, Raging Cadence. Uh, so these are the 14 major ones, I guess. So they're... yeah. Hmm. I don't know who else in the Sun Belt. You want a famous uh, alum? Yeah. Byron Lefwich. Oh, the thundering herd of Marshall. We are Marshall. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Great movie. And uh, the Independence. So I, I feel like I know all the Independence, and I've already told you Notre Dame, so that doesn't count. You, you wrote that down, right? That's not right. who you're wanting to Notre say. Notre Dame. Not who I'm thinking okay. about. Uh. On, of all weeks. BYU, uh, San Diego State, Aztecs. Uh, they're not in the Sun Belt. They're Mount West anyway. Or they're soon, they're or, Mount oh, West soon to be Big that's 12. Right, that's right. Uh, it's in the Northeast. An independent school in the Northeast. They compete in the last college football regular season game of the year. Oh, um, it's Army or Navy. Uh, what's so? What's, what's Army's mascot? What's Army's mascot? I don't know. The Knights. Okay, see, I didn't know that. The uh, Navy midshipmen. I would have got midshipmen. Yep, that is the fourteenth. So. so we got. They are. They are not independent. They are in uh, the American with Memphis. Oh, I forgot they did yeah. join the American. I apologize yeah. to our listeners and to you. They did yeah. enjoy they joined the American. You're absolutely right. <laughs> this game is fixed. Fixed. The fix is <laughs> in. So we got Notre Dame, Stanford, Tulsa, Tulane, Alabama, North Carolina State, Nevada, UMass, Syracuse, Illinois, Cornell, Dartmouth, Marshall, and Navy. Yeah. Um, a couple other cool ones. The Northern Kentucky is the Norse. Norse. That's a cool nickname. Let's see if you can get some of these. California State, uh, University, Long Beach. Oh. Uh, yeah, this would be impressed. The dirt bags in there. That's their Long baseball, Beach, Long but Beach they're State. Offi- uh, yeah, Long Beach State. Their yeah. official name is the, is the beach. Oh, that's stupid. There's a couple. There's a there's another Wolf, uh, Nevada's Wolfpack. Phoenix is twice. Uh, Phoenix. Oh, Boston. that's the uh, oh, that South that- North Dakota State. Elon and University of Wisconsin at Green Bay. Um, let's see, whatever. We, the only ones we haven't mentioned were are the Howard Bison, Bucknell Bison, and that's it. We've named all yeah. of the Division One, Two, II, and Three colleges that don't have a mask. Well, no, Division Two. There's a Flying Fleet, Erskine College, Tornado, what, Sailfish, and Penman. What did the Buffalo say to his son when he dropped him off for school? 
Bye, son. <laughs> anyway, that's going to be a new segment that we bring in. We're going to do some Can You Stump Drew? So I want to find some obscure sports trivia to see if we can't test his knowledge and metal of sports. Yeah, I like this segment. Bring yeah, it back. That's fine. Um, other sports news. Drew, so I've seen a hole-in-one one time. It was the most lucky random hole in one. I don't know if you remember Josh Harvey from Kossuth. He was a year younger than me. Clark said his sister was a year older than Elizabeth. Me. Elizabeth. Yeah. He had a hole in one had been just not a good golfer, but hit a hole in one at Hillendale. I'll never forget just on that Island green around the fountain, just mm-hmm. plunk one on a par three. Right. But this 18 year old kid, first name's Aldrich is the last name that I would butcher. I can't even pronounce regular last names. Right. P O T G I E T E R. Shot Pottager. a hole in one. Pottager, Pottier. He's Australian. Uh, okay. A hole in one on a par four at the John Deere qualifier over the weekend uh-huh. from 345 yards. Did it hit a rock or something? It was a, apparently it was a slight dog leg right. Kid hits a massive tee shot, 345 yards. Um, and then missed the cut by one stroke after he aced a par four, but he couldn't see it because it was a, as he a was blind. a par four 17th, um, at the pinnacle country club in Milan, Illinois. Uh, only one par four ace has ever been recorded in a competitive PGA tour event. Andrew McGee shot one, uh, with his albatross at the 332 mm-hmm. 17 of the waste management Phoenix open. Now, that would be um, the place to shoot one right absolutely. there. Absolutely. <laughs> that would um, be the place to shoot it. But this one. one was at a qualifier, so it didn't count. Um, so he said, I didn't see it go in. It was a blind tee shot, but when I saw my caddy run out in the fairway, pumping his arms up and down and going wild, <laughs> I thought I was probably like a foot or two away. He starts screaming, no, no, it's in the hole. <laughs> so it wasn't like one you see on a par three and go wild with the crowd. It was kind of a quiet moment to yourself, and you were like, I still can't believe that happened. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You remember that time we he's were playing Hillendale? And I apologize. He's South African. Oh, gotcha. Anyway. Uh, you remember that time I hold out on 18 and Hillendale from the bunker? From the bunker after <laughs> you called your shot. <laughs> yeah. I told Rusty, I said, hey, Aaron told me how to hit, an, hit a bunker shot, and I'd already finished the hole, and Rusty was still in the bunker. So I just threw my ball in the bunker and said, watch this. Sunk it. <laughs> <laughs> I played golf on Sunday and it was a terrible game. Uh, just terrible. It was hot. It was late twilight. And I'm just like, I'm just going to work on some shots. So I started working on a flop shot that I saw Phil do where you leave the club face open and you, and then you readjust your grip and swing as hard as you can. Dude, I was hitting some mean flop shots. About the only thing I had working on Sunday was a flop shot. <laughs> I almost hold out a little chip Saturday when I went to the illustrious Whispering Pines Ooh, country Kossu's club in Kossu, Mississippi. Course. Yeah, the only the only golf club in the world where you have a bunker in the green. So, <laughs> That's uh, not exaggeration. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. All right, man. So nothing is more American than stuff in your face. Absolutely. And we saw a feat in sports that may never be matched. Joey Chestnut won his Dogs. 16th straight mustard belt title for eating the most hot dogs in one sitting at the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. It almost wasn't because of some bad weather. They uh, at first it announced it was getting canceled and then they just postponed it. 
Like, why don't you move it inside? I mean, they're just they're just eating glizzies. They don't have to be outside for it. But <laughs> yeah, um, so we didn't fight a war so that we could cancel our hot dog eating contest because of rain. <laughs> I saw somebody tweeted that. I was like, maybe one day the technology will uh, get great enough to where we can eat hot dogs inside. <laughs> Mel Gibson did not fight for our freedom for us to not eat hot dogs yeah. at an insane rate. But he I lost saw- his son. <laughs> he lost his son so that Joey Chestnut across the entirety of his career has eaten enough hot dogs that if you stacked them vertically end to end would be taller than two statues of Liberty. Oh, now that's a great stat right there. How about that, man? You know, I've watched Joey Chestnut compete before. I did too. Yeah, we did at the uh, slug burger festival in Corinth, Mississippi. He so, competed in the slug burger eating contest. ESPN <laughs> posted out, uh, posted up all the, like he holds like 50 world records of most things eaten in one setting. And I was pissed that the slug right. burgers weren't on there, man. Why do you not, not put a slug burger on there? I mean, you, can you imagine how many times the word slug burger would be Googled if it made <laughs> that graphic on ESPN? How great would it be for car tourism, man? Oh, my goodness. They'd put it on a billboard. Absolutely. It'd be on the entrance sign coming in town. Welcome to Corinth, Mississippi, home of the slug burger I've seen on ESPN during the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. It'd be painted next to SoCo on that new little part of town downtown. It it should already have its own mural, but it definitely would after it got mentioned on the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Yeah, we watched this man dominate some slug burgers in the heat and would do it and just – it should have been on ESPN. I'm writing a letter, but yeah, man. I mean, like, to be real for a minute, it's cool. It's you have to have no shame to yeah. eat sixty something hot dogs like that in ten minutes. Like the act of eating that many hot dogs, just the visual of it, yeah, has to be one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, compared it across sports to like being real with it, like yes it's disgusting watch them dunk it in water and gobble it down is gross you know barehanding a raw hot dog and just shoving it down your gullet no and then, no nothing and then <laughs> crumbling the bun up in your fist and dunking it in water and just eating it like a sponge oh it's awful yeah. but for comparison right so we got bill russell has 11 nba titles right Henry Richard has the most Stanley Cups with 11. Um, let's see. Sam Jones has 10 NBA titles. Yogi Berra has 10 NBA or MLB World titles. So Rafael Nadal has 12 French Opens. Margaret Court has 11 Australian Opens. Joey Chesta now has 16 hot dog eating championships in a row. Yeah. Eat that, Kobayashi. <laughs> um, do you know what his all-time record is? Most hot dogs eaten at the Nathan. It's seventy dog. something, isn't it? It would be friggin' four. Yeah, I think it was a couple years ago. Cause you it know he two, got beat one year. 2018 is when he ate seventy four. Yeah. So he, uh, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's won sixteen, but it's not sixteen consecutive. I feel You're like right. One year he got upset and it was like, oh my goodness, is his reign over? But it's been a while. It. Yeah, I'm going to say it's like eight or nine in a row, and then 16 overall. 2015, Matt Stoney beat him. So it's been eight years in a row now. He lost to Matt Stoney in 2015. And I think Stoney finished second again. He did. Let me see. I'm trying to see how many he ate. Matt Stoney, Joey Chestnut ate 
62 and or no Joey Chestnut ate 60, Matt Stoney ate 62. No. And he had won eight year. consecutive up to that point, lost that one, and has won eight consecutive since. Yeah. So just a blip. He's still king. Yeah, man. Ain't nobody dethrone jaws, that's for sure. Right. If you were in a in an eating contest and you were like, I know that I could eat blank and beat anybody, what would it be? Oh, it would be nothing. I'm such a weak eater. You would look <laughs> at me and think like, oh, he can put away some food, but I really just have terrible metabolism. <laughs> like I I am not anywhere close to a competitive eater. What would I like to? What would you like for it to compete yeah. in? Though? That's what I'm saying. Oh, like ice cream. Mm. I it is a weakness. I love ice cream. I could I could eat a gallon of ice cream. For me, it would either be – I think I could do well at a raw oyster-eating contest because I can yeah. knock those things back, man. I like I got kicked out of the Oyster Shack, RIP, in Hattiesburg, Mississippi when I was in PT school. They stopped me at five dozen. All you can eat raw oysters is five dozen, just FYI. Yeah. At least at the Oyster Shack that was <laughs> in Hattiesburg. Yeah. It, it, it's all you can eat. Or 60. Or 60. And I was <laughs> yeah. drinking, like, they had Middle Genuine Draft on draft, and I'm like, dude, oh. this is fantastic. And so, did you get a 40? Yeah, I was like, having a great time. I felt fancy. This is great, man. <laughs> uh, uh, I can honestly say I've never drank that before. Yeah, MJ, uh, MGD, man. Let's go. Just champagne of beers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, crawfish. I could do uh, just for, uh, I, I could eat a lot of crawfish. Uh, I can I can last for a long time eating crawfish. Maybe the best way of putting it. Yeah. Um. I, I can stand there eating part, crawfish for hours. I was once a part of a four man wrecking crew that ate forty pounds of crawfish in about thirty minutes. Yeah. You know, uh, every once a year, one of our the companies that we buy from at work, the electrical sales companies, will bring in some folks from Louisiana and cook us crawfish in the warehouse. Mm. And the way they do crawfish is a science. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. they have pineapple and green beans, potatoes, corn, sausage, like always. Uh, they do lima beans, but they'll get get them in the can, take the paper off the can, punch holes in the side of the can, just drop the can in whole. And so like the sliced spiral pineapple that's in the can, they'll poke holes in it, drop it in the uh, crawfish cooker and get it out take the lid off and just dump it out just like that. It Man. is incredible. You let me know when they're there and I'm coming home. <laughs> yeah. I'm, and it's the only time I've ever had crawfish without beer. Mm. It's something's missing. The yeah, crawfish is the best missing, crawfish man. I've ever, the best crawfish I've ever eaten in my life, but it's just missing something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. And Milo's um, sweet tea don't hit the same. Mm-hmm. I tell you, one of my favorite quick eating stories while we're on the on the subject, man. When I was in PT school, I did a, a rotation at Forest General in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and I stayed in my cousin Jim's unfurnished apartment in Hattiesburg on an air mattress with a 19-inch TV, my PlayStation 2, and clothes, and that was it. Like I had nothing. <laughs> and so one, I had a patient who used to cook competition barbecue in Texas, and he always said, "On my last day, I'm gonna cook y'all barbecue." We're like, "Awesome, that's great." Well, I show up on a Friday morning at 6.30 for my 7 a.m. patient, and him and his wife are in the parking lot with their cooker <laughs> bowling. And I'm like, today's the day. Today He's like, I told day. you, I told you. So at lunchtime, dude, they brought in trays of brisket, sausage, ribs, chicken. It was like that college game day platter. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and we like there was like six therapists there, and we ate as much as we could, but there were mountains of leftovers. And they were like, Rusty, you're – 
you're down here by yourself. You don't have any like anything in your like food or anything, right? I'm like, not really. They said, take all this home. Oh my like, goodness. Uh, you you I competitively had, ate that night. I had the meat sweats by Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> the meat sweats. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing worse than the meat sweats. <laughs> no, man. I'm like Arby's, man. I had the meats and I'm laying <laughs> on that air mattress with that distended Just belly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right, I'm where's my stretchy pants. <laughs> That's it. I need my, my so Mary every year, you know my cousin Mary, she posts uh-huh. this meme at Thanksgiving and <laughs> It makes me laugh. It says the best part about being a mom is your maternity pants at Thanksgiving become my turkey pants. <laughs> anyway, bad joke there. Yeah. I um, wish I had maternity pants. My wife got a bunch when she was pregnant, and I was just like, that's just the superior way to wear pants. I don't know why it's so weird for men. Listen, why don't man. they make these for men? Dude, that's our that's our that's our moment. That's our breakthrough. We're gonna make Thanksgiving pants. If you're listening to this podcast, uh, you can't steal it. Like that's maternity pants. Maternity pants. pants, but they're for crawfish yeah. bowls. They're for Thanksgiving. They're for no. They're barbecue. for every day work. What are you talking about? <laughs> if you got a belly that hangs over your belt, maternity pants. Maternity <laughs> pants. Yeah, you got Dunlap disease. We got the pants for you. <laughs> yeah. And stuff them. All right, these are in <laughs> stuff production. Stuff yourself full of turkey. Stuff yourself in these jeans. Man, stay, stay tuned, man. We're gonna get them licensed. We're gonna get them patent. We're gonna get your favorite college team, your favorite color. We'll be on Shark Tank. Shark, yes. <laughs> Mark Cuban, here we yeah. come, baby. Let's go. Man, um, eternity pants. Man, eternity pants. But in less than positive news, I think we need to talk about before we get into the fun, uh, fun things about the ESPN or NBA free agency is. There's some brutal layoffs. ESPN free agency. I mean, basically, a little Freudian slip there, but there was some pretty tough layoffs at ESPN this week. You know, ESPN has been bleeding cash for the last little bit. They've got these massive contracts. They don't talk about sports as much as they probably should, and there was there was some hard ones to swallow, in my opinion. There were some ones that made sense, but there were a few that were like, man, that's going to be tough. Well, I mean, what you do is you've got these anchors that are making millions of dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And on a couple of occasions, I was like, they were worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you got like former players like Jalen Rose. And I was just kind of like, ESPN game day coverage of anything is pretty much trash. You know, their NBA coverage is trash. Pre-game, halftime, post-game, it's all trash. Uh, college game day is not as good as it once was it's still good uh, and that was one that i like i hate to see david pollock go i enjoyed david pollock because what he said like it made sense i learned stuff from him he knows the game really well david pollock was one that kind of hit home for me as well, well you as know Pop- why he got fired why well you remember at the college football playoff when yeah. sitting next to nick saban he said georgia is the team to be reckoned with in the sec and for the foreseeable future <laughs> nick saban gave that wide eyes glare down and because yeah. of david pollock we're fixing to get three alabama national championships in a row thanks right david pollock. <laughs> uh the only one that really shocked me and that you know i know that they lost um and i hate that i'm forgetting his name neil everett uh because he was one from my childhood I know. Uh, and the other one that shot me was another one from my childhood, and it was, uh, um, oh my goodness, what's the woman? Not Linda Cohn. Not, oh yeah, uh, uh, Susie Cole. Susie Colbert. I want to say Linda Cohn. She's uh, been yeah, been on the NFL forever. Yeah, I I I'll miss Susie Colbert. Uh, she had a cool she, voice, man. She had that like smoky like. She it ain't a, even like, that. Like to me, it's familiarity. 
true. It's like what made ESPN so good when I was a kid. It was the peak. My, our childhood was the peak for sports television. You know that wasn't even sports watching because ESPN and Sports Center was so good mm-hmm. with Neil Everett and Stan Verrett and and Stuart Scott and uh, SVP. Yeah, I mean Stuart Scott. I shed a tear when he passed away. John uh, Anderson. There were some John good An- guys. Yeah, they the were day. Dan Patrick. Like Keith just, Olbermann before he lost his mind. I hate Keith Olbermann. I don't want to even give him credit retroactively. Right. Uh, Colin Coward. I mean, all these personalities. Linda uh, Col- uh, or Susie Colbert was at ESPN for 27 years. Yeah, I'm 31. Mm-hmm. You know, Rusty was a teenager when she got. A <laughs> <laughs> couple other big names. Uh, Max Kellerman was one that surprised yeah, me. That He was one of those guys. Like Greeny, you know they were paying Max Kellerman way too, way much, too much money, money. for him to do nothing but a early morning show, and they just killed that whole show. They fired yep. uh, Keyshawn, Jason Williams, and Max the Kellerman. Work. All of them. It just Dang. said because that, that show, show was doing good. Kellerman was just good for trying to get shock takes and stuff. Jeff well, Van Gundy is not going to be on e- NBA anymore, which might not be a loss. Yeah, a but like loss. he was, he had some out there takes, man. Like. Like Mark Jackson, these guys be talking about, you know, you know, basketball's doing this, that, and the other. And he's like, well, I saw Bill Russell on a subway. He, he was so entertaining, though. And he yeah. was like the staple of their NBA Finals coverage for so long. Yeah. Um, he'll end up at TNT or something. Insane. Uh, like, David Pollock will go to Fox. Neil Everett will land somewhere. Todd McShay will go to CBS or somewhere. Oh, did they he can was- McShay? Todd McShay was one of them, and they kept Mel Todd, Kuyper. Todd, 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 Todd. They kept Mel Kuyper over Todd McShay, which I thought, mm. I felt like Todd McKay, McShay at least connected with, like, Mel Kuyper's got the slick back He mafia. was the straight man, and, and you know, uh, McShay was, was uh, Kuyper was Doc Brown, and yeah. McShay was Michael J. Marty, Fox. Yeah, yeah. Marty McFly. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. And so they kept the personality. Yeah, uh, Rob Ninkovich, of, uh, formerly of the uh, New, New England Patriots. Patriots. Matt Hasselbeck got laid off. J- you already said Jalen Rose. So some big-time names like got let go. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to save some of the behind-the-air talent, some of their writers and people that make the shows and cut some of these. But what it boils down to is the contract they gave, and this is what's going to make a lot of, ruffle a lot of feathers, is they just gave, uh, which he's one of the most entertaining people in sports, but Pat McAfee this massive contract and then laid off some fan-favorite personalities. So I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter and online where people are pissed. Like, why are you paying this Todd McShay guy who's – and what ESPN, Pat if they McAfee. were smart – Pat McAfee. Like, if, if ESPN was smart and – this is not 100% my take. I saw this from from on Twitter, but if they were smart, they would have left McAfee where he was. Like, give him a contract, let him stay on YouTube, do Twitter spaces, do things that he's really good at. But instead, they're going to try to put him on game day and try to revitalize and rejuvenate game day because he had a couple appearances that were well received. But a big personality like that, I don't know that can carry a show like Game Day versus you put him on YouTube, let him do his thing, man, he would make ESPN a fortune. Because that's what he's done for the last few years with the Pat McAfee show, which is highly entertaining. I don't know that he's going to be the personality for a TV show like they think. Well, surely they'll keep his show, right? He he wouldn't ag- he wouldn't sign a contract that said you have to kill the Pat McAfee show. They offered right? two hundred million dollars. There's a lot I'd do for two hundred million dollars. <laughs> well, ESPN's just got they've always had a problem for the last fifteen years, and their problem is not exclusively theirs. They've just had the highest salaried 
people. Mm-hmm. It's been more obvious the cuts that they make because of how much money that their top end talent is making. Right. But the problem is, is that people are cutting the cable, uh, and right. and you can't, you know, it you can't afford overhead costs mm-hmm. to the degree in which they're paying people. Right. And Sports Center has suffered forever because they don't have anybody entertaining reading the sports to you. Couple that with you get your highlights from Twitter nowadays or YouTube where I can go the next morning, typically like a couple hours after the game's over, and find a seven-minute clip on YouTube of all the highlights for the Grizzlies game. And so the shows that are not sports – just suffer because you're getting your highlights elsewhere. You're yep. getting a la carte highlights from YouTube. I've watched SportsCenter in a minute, man, because all the stuff I've already seen. Well, and it's hard to watch because it's not written well. There's no personality, and when the person when flow like it you used can to. tell that you can tell the jokes are written for people that just for some reason maybe it's because I'm older and I I I feel like I know more than these people. It just screams like, oh, this joke was written by somebody else. You know, yeah. it just isn't entertaining anymore, no. uh, and it's kind of useless. Right. So they don't they don't let the personalities do their thing. What what ESPN has that was so good in the past was their ESPN radio. Mm-hmm. ESPN yes. radio, the daytime radio yes. shows with Mike and Mike and SVP and Rusillo, yes. uh, Artie McGee. Uh, when they had Dan Patrick, I mean, that's when that that was them. Even their Beaumont best Jones personalities. Mine had a great ESPN show. There well, was I a- still like Bomani. I don't agree with him, but I feel like Bomani is a very intelligent man that just sits on an opposite side than me. You know, he's not condescending or, you know, very. He's I, gotten worse in old age, but I agree. When he was on ESPN, he was fantastic. He yeah. was a twelve o'clock show, and I listened to him every day. And their biggest shows of all time, they lose their anchors because they don't want to. They lose them in contract talks. Mm-hmm. They lost Lebetard. They yep. lost Russillo. They lost Coward. Dan Patrick's got one of the best, uh, one of the most popular sports podcasts of all time, and it's on NBC Sports now. You know, Coward went to Fox, and um, um, what's his name? I just uh, um, I just went blank. Just says his name. The fellow from Miami. No. Oh, Dan um, Levitard. Levitard, you know, just had a, has his own company now. They just lost all of them because they didn't want to pay him anymore. Yeah. But and they were they were brilliant shows. Yeah. And so they're they're kind of moving into a their hiring process is very much a uh, almost checking all the box like a government agency, you know. And it's yeah. just not sports folks anymore it's, it's not the espn we it's used to news have. anchors that talk sports instead of diehard sports fans or, yeah. or that's how it comes across to me right yeah kind of a, a black monday for espn but who it was not a black monday for was several nba players so listen to this all right <clears throat> bear with me for just a minute so in high school he was a zero star recruit he averaged 30 points a game at a small catholic school in indiana Spent the entire entirety of his senior year without a commitment to a college. He committed to, T- to TCU over Miami of Ohio in May of his senior year. He was a four-year player at TCU, 
played 141 games, never missed a single one. He was a two-time All-Big 12 player, was TCU's all-time winningest player with 84 wins, only to go into the NBA to be drafted in a late first round by the Celtics, traded to the Grizzlies later after being projected in the top 15, but fell all the way to the end of the first round. All he did was be a 2020-2021 All-NBA rookie, averaged 21.5 points in his third year, and just got a bag, signing a five-year, $207 million max contract extension. Run your own race. Do your own thing. Persevere. Believe in yourself even when nobody else does. Shout out Desmond Bain having that dog in him and getting his max contract, man. That good old Desmond Bain. Yeah, I'm so happy. And for anybody who's got anything bad to say about the contract, the fact that, you know, arguably your third best player gets a $207 million contract is bogus. I think that it is. You sign Desmond Bain for whatever he wants. That's where he's at on this team. Like you said, in his third year in the league, he's – Average twenty something twenty one points 21 a game. And a half. Mm-hmm. Twenty one points game twenty one and a half points per game. He shot over forty percent from three for every year. He's been the one or two in three point shooting percentage every year he's been in the league. He is always healthy. He's dependable. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Culture guy. He if you don't know who Desmond Bain is, you can tell the people who don't pay close attention to anything other than big market teams by how they reacted to the Desmond Bain contract. It was the same thing Mike Conley got when he got yep. the huge, he was the highest paid player in the NBA because the, uh, the new TV contract went in and right. the, the, uh, uh, it timed out. Right. Yeah. It just the perfect, you know, same reason why Chandler Parsons got $94 million that same Bum-nies. summer, you know? Yep. And so good for Desmond Bain. I think that it's money well spent. Absolutely. And next year, if you want to complain about the amount of money, $207 million fully guaranteed that Desmond Bain got this offseason, then just wait till next offseason when there's another TV contract coming up yep. and we're going to be seeing $300 million contracts before we know it. It's only going to be go seeing, up. Yeah, baseball contracts before we know it. Yep. Uh, and I to, couldn't be happier right. to have your core of John, Jaron, and Dez all locked up for at least the next four more years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Which will put us in that championship that. window where they'll be right. 26 to 28 years old. Right. And yeah. so barring health, barring mental clarity on, on one end, <laughs> right. uh, the, the door is still wide open. I don't want... I've, I've preached this as a Grizzlies fan ever since we started this podcast and before the podcast for anybody that would listen. Yes, the playoffs are important right now, but the window, do not overreact to playoff success right. or failure right now, right now. Because with the young core that we've got, we have got an opportunity to grow that young core and also add and subtract and kind of uh, make changes around the edges to figure out how to best maximize this core yep. before it's actually our time to win it. Yep. And I'm gonna I'm gonna quote Idris Elba from The Wire back in the day. I want you to put the word out that we back up. We back. 
Let's go, man. Yeah. I, I agree. Get get your money. Uh, another quote for you, J.R. Smith talking to LeBron James. We got a fucking squad now because we've got uh-huh. Ja, we got Derrick Rose, Marcus Smart, Nuke Luke, Desmond Bain, David Roddy. I mean, Derrick Rose is a Memphis Grizzly. And, you know, say what you want about the player. He's 34 years old. He's had some catastrophic injuries, but he is what we the, – the, for all the bad things the media and the press can say about how our culture was off and how Memphis culture is bad, all we did was go get culture guys to help fix that. And Marcus Smart and Derrick Rose, both of who have playoff and Marcus Smart NBA Finals pedigree, they can look Ja and, and Jaren in the face like we've said on this podcast before and say, you need to tighten up. And Derrick Rose fits that, man. I am stoked that he's a Grizz. Is he going to play considerable minutes? Who knows? He's going to play some, but what he's going to be is that locker room piece that we need to further mature this team and make us dangerous in the West. Yeah, I don't know that his move makes us dangerous in the West unless you can promise by adding him into this locker room that it guarantees that Jaw will stay straight. I think it points us in that direction a lot further than we were. I think that I I like the move. It's obvious what the Grizzlies have done this year, and they've tried to get old vets. They are they know where their bread's butter, and their bread's butter with John ja Moran, and so they went and got some guys in that can give him tough love. They can get him straight. They can talk him off the ledge when he's ready to jump. They've they've got guys in there that's going to keep Jaw accountable. And that's that what was makes their focus. Not not the player, not the player, but he's Vince Carter. He's that culture guy that's going to help Vince us. Vince Carter was was solid for he's us. He's half man, you know? half amazing anyway. Yeah. Uh, I hope they're not done. If this is the lineup that you go into the season with, I'm going to be slightly disappointed just because we still haven't fixed that wing issue yet. You know, right now you're looking at Zaire, Roddy, or LaRavia starting the, you know, yeah, or being your sixth man. Not and those guys not are starting, not going to give you April, May, June minutes that you need. Yeah, I mean, if you told me that Roddy or Larabia had a breakout year, they're still in year two, and they they don't always stick in the playoffs. Uh, Zaire, I don't really know what's going on with him. Uh, he's going into year three, and so maybe he's got a bounce back year, much like the Brandon Clark year three that he had mm-hmm. after really struggling in year two when J.B. Bickerstaff tried to get him to shoot threes, you know, <laughs> that weird year. <laughs> yeah. um, so, or maybe that was Taylor's first year, regardless. It doesn't matter. Um, it was a bad idea. Yeah, and so maybe he takes a third-year resurgence, maybe, but... Still, I don't trust any of those wings going into I agree. The you know, I feel like a guy like DFS is somebody we could go get from Brooklyn. Like, there's still names we could get. I don't know that we will because, you know, the front office is high on LaRavia and feel like he can be that guy. But I don't know that Josh Christopher from Houston is going to be a Grizz long term. He feels like that salary that we can we yeah. can dump to get that PLE and try and get that uh, that wing player because because of that trade – Shout out Dylan Brooks, which we'll talk about him here in just a minute, gives us the opportunity to be able to trade for about 10 to $12 million in salary without having to get up a player because of the sign and trade we did with DB. That gives us the opportunity to trade picks and absorb about a 10 to $12 million a year contract, which could get us that serviceable wing that we need. Right. And Josh Christopher, if there's a roster crunch, will be the guy that's cut. 
Yep. Uh, I know Josh Christopher in the draft process was thought of highly by the Grizzlies because his brother and Tayshaun Prince grew up together, the best right. friends. And so uh, that's probably why they were okay with taking him back. Uh, I don't think I just, he'll be a, a spot day one, though. No, and I'm hoping that, you know, there's still some guys out there. You know, I kind of was thinking Grant Williams, but he got snatched up in a signing trade by Dallas this mm-hmm. afternoon. Uh, Kelly Oubre is still out there. Uh, Karis LeVert is still an opportunity. Uh, I like both of those for just bench heaters, you know, yeah. because you don't have Tyus as your backup point guard anymore, and Tyus really set the table for you. So I feel like you really need somebody on the bench that can really just be a bucket. Oubre uh, could be that in stretches for sure. Yeah, but he can also shoot you out of it. It's hot or cold for him. Yeah. Uh, and you got to know when it's one of those nights, man. You can't. That was one of Taylor's flaws last year. Is he would, and part of it, he didn't have a choice, but he would leave Dylan out there, Dylan shooting us out of ball games, and you just got to pull that trigger. Yeah. And so uh, I kind of like Levert a little bit more. Uh, he's more of a mid range guy, ISO player. You know, he's kind of the ball stops with him instead of just being a, yeah, a guy that fires it as soon as he touches it. Uh, but I think that's kind of guy you need running that second unit. Uh, somebody that you can be like, okay, this ball isn't moving. Everybody get out of the way and let me cook. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll yep. see. Uh, there's still a lot of time out there. Big trades seem to happen every year during summer league. Yeah, it's stuff. still coming. I don't know that we're done. I mean, there's been rumors that Zach Kleiman's been in his office late every night on the phone. It's it's probably just that. Just rumors, every NBA GM is is working all hours of the night right now. Right this yeah. time of the year. I don't know that we make a move. I'm like you, Drew. I don't know that I'll be disappointed. I'll be out. It shows me that we're still playing the long game. If we don't make a move, we've made moves that get us better next year, but without an actual wing, we're not getting us better enough. I don't think, I don't know that Denver's going to run the table again next year. They lost Bruce Brown, which is going to be tough. The Lakers got a lot better. The sun's got a lot better there. The West is going to be tougher next year. And without a wing, I don't know that we're in that top 1%. I don't, they did not make a all chips in move no in this offseason and not that's, that's not what i expected or was going to be upset if they didn't put a, all their chips on the table but i feel like what we have is a lot more of the same and it's a really really good regular season team yeah and, and we'll see what happens Maybe Jake LaRavia had 25 tonight, four threes made, three rebounds, two steals, a plus seven in the win in summer league tonight. You know, who knows, man? He may work out, and if he does, great. But I just don't know that he's going to be that guy next year that we can lean on at Golden State in June to get us to – get in May to get us to an NBA Finals. But They're high on him. They're high on him, and and rightfully so. I mean, the optics are there, but we'll see. Um, Speaking of Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks – was the on the Chris Vernon Kevin O'Connor um, podcast this morning? I was listening to a little bit. Um, why am I drawing a blank on the name? The mismatch. The mismatch. Thank you. He was talking about Dylan Brooks and signing this contract. That him and Fred Van Fleet signed this massive deals with Houston. He was talking this morning. He said only one player in the NBA took more shots and had a worse shooting percentage than Dylan Brooks last year. Do you know who that player was? Oh, listen. Uh, Morris, was it Van Vliet? 
He it had a terrible year. <laughs> he did Fred have a terrible year last year. Who the Houston Rockets are on the hook for $210 million for Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Fleet alone next year. Yeah. Um, good for Dylan. Uh, it always came across as I hated Dylan, and I never hated him. Uh, like I said, once hours, always hours. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty obvious that his goals and our goals were not the same, and so it was time to part ways. Um, Rockets fans better buckle up because <laughs> he did not go to a team in which he can't stand there and look around and be like, it's on me. He yep. needed to go to a team like L.A. where LeBron's like, no, man, this is mine, yep. not yours. And Houston's wide open, a bunch of young guys. He's going to come in as the vet. Maybe he listens to Van Vliet, but he's going to look around and be like, yeah, who's telling me not to shoot? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, they got a good coach. Maybe Ime, Aduk- uh, Ime Udoka. Say that five times sh- fast. Yeah, Ime Udoka. Uh, he can, pr- if anybody, he could probably get him on. He's a hard-nosed, bad-mouthed dude so maybe he can straighten him up when taylor was too nice but we'll see i'm i have never really liked houston i hate how they operate their franchise yep (laughs) but i will pay attention to dylan and i hope he does well yeah same i got no 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 hate for dylan Hope you do well. He was wanting, you know, more than the. He got minimum. twenty million dollars a year. Twenty million. That's what he wanted, and I'm shocked. I am too. That they got him for twenty. The best million part of that. The best part of that whole thing was his agent sending out a tweet in Chinese, though. That was that was hilarious. Yeah. So. Um, speaking of, we've had a heavy basketball podcast tonight, which we'll kind of wrap up with a couple of basketball topics, unless you got something else. Uh, first of all, did you see? that the NBA is testing out a new flopping rule in the summer league. Yeah. And it actually got called in the, the Grizzlies thunder game today. I'm a a fan. Yeah. So you'll have to run me down on the details of it. Do you have it in front of me? So, yeah. So at the summer league flops will be penalized with a technical foul, awarding the opposing team one free throw and possession of the ball. If it is determined to be a flop. Is it reviewable? But I don't. I couldn't find that in the article that I read. I'm looking on Twitter right now. Um, I don't know if it's reviewable. It's going to have to be. They're going to have to be able to challenge it one way or the other. Because right. like that they call it and you say, oh no, that's actually foul. Again, I think that the uh, the charge foul should be taken away anyway. I think it's going to eliminate half of LeBron's offensive game. But here it is. So the in-game penalty effect for the 23 game permitted. 20, it will be implemented for the 23-24 NBA regular season on a one-year trial basis. So if a flopping penalty is assessed by game officials, one free throw possession of the ball is the technical. A player who commits a flop will be assessed a non-unsportsmanlike technical foul, which does not count as a right. personal foul or lead to ejection. Officials will, will not be required to stop live play to call a flopping violation. They can wait until the next neutral opportunity to stop play. But that's the part that's like strange to me. So if a guy flops and I guess they would just continue the possession on. And then at the next out of dead ball, they'll be like, okay, well he flopped. So Memphis go get a free throw. Like, and doesn't seem, I don't want it to, to negatively impact the pace of the game. Yeah. Uh, that's my thing. And, you know, treat it like a transition take foul. They stop play for that because they stop the play 
and then you still get what would have happened. And I but think the that's problem with flops is not that they're flopping; it's that they're getting the calls. Yeah. So how if they? Very rarely do people flop and they don't get the call. Mm-hmm. So you'd need to be able to challenge it if a guy flopped. Right. And it's not called, or it is called. You know. Yeah. So I don't know. It's strange. I'm glad they're doing something about it. Uh, a one-shot technical free throw is the way to go. You know, no nothing crazy like ejection or suspension or fines. You know, like just give them one shot. That's enough to really sway the outcome of a game in certain situations. Right. But um, I'm curious to see how it turns out. It's I, a I step in the right direction. It is. I don't know if it's the end-all, be-all. I think, you know, you again, make it like a transition take, two free throws in the ball, like – I think there's ways you could tweak it, but this is definitely a step in the right direction to get rid of one of the worst parts of the NBA. It's these stupid flops that people get away with, and they get calls to to that can, like you said, change the game. Right. And then, lastly, unless you got anything else about flops, uh, last thing I got on my list tonight is, dude, that Team USA basketball team. They got yeah. some dogs on that team. They got some guys that can hoop, and I'm excited to watch this team compete. One of our own, Jaron Jackson Jr., is on this team. We got some guys that are going to be some really good basketball players. Uh, I know you had some thoughts on that, but at Team USA is looking tough right now. All right, so go through the lineup. So I know you got Jaron. I'm pulling up. You got Jalen. Uh, let me see. I lost the tweet. Jalen Brunson's on that team. Team USA. All right, I got it here. Um, here it is. All right, so we got uh, Paola Banchero. We've Paolo. got, mm-hmm. yep, yeah, we've got Mikhail Bridges. We've got Jaron Jackson Jr., Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Josh Hart from the Knicks, Brandon Ingram. Uh, let's see, Cam Johnson, Walker Kessler, Bobby Portis. Austin Reeves are your 15 or your 12 man roster for that NBA team right now for that, uh, uh, USA team right now. All right. So here's my thing. (laughs) So if you look at the 2023 NBA all-star rosters, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Donovan Mitchell, not playing. John Morant, not playing. Jason Tatum, not playing. Bam Adebayo, Shea, uh, Shea is playing for Canada. DeMar DeRozan, Drew Holiday, Damian Lillard, um, just going through the Americans here, Kevin Durant. So that's everybody on Team Giannis. Team LeBron, LeBron James, uh, Kyrie Irving. We know why he's not playing. Jalen Brown, Anthony Edwards, he's on it. De'Aaron Fox, Paul George, Tyrese Halliburton, Jaron Jackson Jr., both on it. Julius Randle, Steph Curry, Zion Williamson. In a regular season game, in a regular season all-star game for the NBA playoffs, for the NBA, those are who everybody thinks are the best players in the NBA. Two of them are on the USA roster. That's my problem. 
I liked some of the guys we have. Ant is a dog. Jalen Brunson, like Jerry Jackson Jr. It's a yeah. good team, but I hear what you're saying. Like, some but those of the, are the only three All Stars that are on, and Halliburton are yeah. the only three All Stars that are on that roster. Yeah. And so I just don't know why the elite are not playing in in the Olympics. Can you tell me? I I can't tell you off the top of my head. Has Steph Curry ever played in the Olympics? I don't think so. Um. Has Paul George ever played in the Olympics? I'm, yes. I'm saying, okay. He broke um, his, Paul George broke his legs. So I don't know if he ever actually played. Oh, that's right. That's he broke right. his leg for Team That's USA. the most infamous uh, injury. It's uh, gone to the days of the Dream Team, right? Because you think back to that 92 Dream Team, these teams that, that started in the FIBA World Championships and working towards the Olympics, like it was the cream of the crop. It was Charles Barkley. Uh, it was, you know, Michael Jordan, Christian Leitner. It was... The, the dudes, right? Shaq, yeah. David Robinson, these guys that were the cream of the crop used to play on these teams. It was a win. sense of pride to play yeah. on the And Ja is kicking himself right now. He should be on that roster. Yeah. But it's his own doing. Go back to 2022 just to further solidify my point. Kevin Durant, John Morant, Jason Tatum. He's young. I don't know why he's not playing. Um, Trey Young didn't even play. Mm-hmm. Booker, Love. Uh, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton, Carl uh, yep. Anthony Towns, Draymond Green. I mean, all these guys are all all stars, and none of them were playing for the USA. Again, man, you put you give me an opportunity to wear that USA on my chest, I'm in. Like, I am Jimmy all. Butler. Wow, I mean, yeah. Darius Garland, another young guard, like cutting your teeth. If they're putting all the young guys on there, I mean, put Darius Garland on there. He's incredible. Yeah. So, Chris Paul. Well, you get guys, like you said, you said Shay, you know, Jamal Murray, he plays for Canada. Like, there are young right. guys representing their countries. I don't understand why. I don't know. I don't get it. No, I don't either. It's just kind of sad. You yeah. know, you want to, and I'll cheer for them, but you want to see the best of the best come in, not, you know, a, a starting lineup that's Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Mikael Bridges. Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Ingram, and Walker Kessler. Yeah. Like that that's uninspiring lineup yeah. right there. Yeah. You know. With uh Halliburton, Austin Reeves, Paolo Bancaro, Josh Hart, you know, Cam Johnson and Bobby Portis coming off the bench. Yeah. Like that's a team that could lose to Spain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Canada. So, yeah. Some of those I dudes. Just, yeah. yeah, Dylan Brooks is going to lock up Josh Hart in the <laughs> Olympics. So one hundred percent play representing China. <laughs> no, he's he's going he, he's Canadian. He'll play. Well, right, he don't, he's going to be on the Canadian team. Right. Yeah, yeah, probably so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he is. I think he he played on it in the uh, last go around they FIBA or whatever they had. So yeah, that's right. He did. You're right. He mm-hmm. did. Yep. The Canadian team is sneaky good. Lou That's Dort, what I said, man. Yeah. Wiggins. Mm-hmm. Uh, SGA, DB. That's a sneaky team, man. Uh, Jamal Murray. Yeah. So, yeah. I just, I'd hate it. I want to see the best of the best play. And I know if the best of the best play, that's uh, going to be no Jaron Jackson Jr. on that roster. But Jaron's time's coming. I, right. I want to see, you know, the great play in the Olympics. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I agree. Um, 100%. I think that, um, missed the boat on some of those dudes and there's some guys that we could have had on there, but who knows? 
Um, Drew, that's all I got sports-wise. Uh, we talked about this a bit off-air. To our listeners who are still with us, do yourself a favor and check out one of our favorite drinks, the Bush Light Company has come out with a Bush Light Peach. Do yourself a favor. One of our listeners, Lauren Massey, and I had some uh, Bush Light Peach plus Crown Royal Peach this past weekend on the beach for what's called a South Carolina Slammer. Do yourself a favor. Check some of those out. Before you listen to our next episode, you'll find us a lot better looking and a lot funnier if you do. Yeah, I'm not going to endorse that. I, I, have, <laughs> I have not, uh, I have not partook of that, and so we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, Give yourself a release. Check them out. At least check yeah. them out. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else going on. Uh, we're getting into the doldrums now. I think we've officially made it. Uh, we've got summer league basketball going on that excites me for about the first 15 minutes of every game, mm-hmm. and then I find reruns of something to watch. Yep. Um, is there anything else going on this week that you're looking forward to? One thing I saw that I did want to bring up on tonight, we've talked about Ellie De La Cruz a lot on this podcast the last couple of weeks. Phenom, did you see what happened with his bat today? I did not. So they're playing the Nats, and they called out his back because he had an extra little like stopper on the end. It's supposed to help with vibration, extends the bat a little bit, and it kind of comes to a small point where he can wrap his pinky around it. So the uh, Nats had it checked and determined to be clean, but they made him take the little stopper off is all they did. So the bat's clean, fine, just take that off, you know, whatever, right? right. right. All he did was in that next at bat, blast a 455-foot home run, turn to the Nationals' dugout and say, you want to check it again? And then ran to first base <laughs> like a dog. <laughs> yeah. He's awesome. Uh, but, um, no, this week going to watch some baseball. Uh, I'm looking forward to some low-key time this weekend with nobody around, just taking taking it easy, resting, recovering from what was a busy 4th of July week. Um yeah, that's it, man. I uh, got some a couple friends still in town. You know, we we talked about on this podcast our buddy Keith. We dedicated our first ever episode to him. He passed away from brain cancer back at the end of last year. Uh, his 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 widow and sister are in town for the week. May try and see them one more time. They gave me uh, the hat that I'm wearing tonight in honor of him. If you're watching on YouTube, looking over my shoulder there, that hat was Keith's as well. But just a uh, good dude, as we've shared on here, good people, good family. Had dinner and drinks with them tonight, so it's good seeing them and just giving them a shout-out for their generosity to me. These cool hats, and uh, Keith, you're always in our hearts, buddy, for sure. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it was glad to see Caitlin. It's been a while since I've seen her, and so uh, glad to hear that she's doing good through you. Uh, do you have any takes on the on Wimbledon going on right now? Oh, no, to be honest with you, I've been so busy I completely forgot it was going on right now. Yeah, uh, Daniil Medvedev beat uh, somebody. Um, <laughs> there's an American uh, T. Fritz, uh, who is the ninth ranked player in the world. I probably need to pay attention. Won in five sets, uh, including winning the last two, which is a thriller if you're keeping mm-hmm. in touch with tennis. Um. Okay. Uh, this uh, Greek guy Sitsipas, uh, one in five. Djokovic, one in straight sets again. Uh, you've got uh, this fella named Karatsev playing a fellow countryman. Uh, last name Rublev. I think we should do a whole segment of you pronouncing tennis players' names. <laughs> Let me see if I can find a bracket. That would be awesome. That's what I was just pulling up. So. I could do better because I do 
sort of keep up with. Man, I didn't realize how long Wimbledon was. It started it's on two the weeks. third yeah. and goes through the 16th. Yeah. So um, let's see. We're in the second round now is what it looks like. So maybe we could we should probably keep up later. Uh, start if we were a good maybe. podcast, we would. Yeah. So uh, Americans. So if you remember in, I believe it was the U.S. Open last year, uh, Francis Tiafo oh, made yeah. it to the finals. He's the 10 seed. Uh, going against uh, another fellow, last name Stricker. Uh, they play tomorrow. Uh, Daniil it, Medvedev. It, it was know. Alcaraz that won last year, the Spaniard, right? Uh, is this still the Uncle Buck trivia session? Because I'd get that one wrong. I think it was Carlos Alcaraz. He's 20 years old, just an absolute motor, like never stops. Uh, let me see. I think he was the one that won last year. He won a big one of the. Uh, he is uh, the one seed. Yeah. In at Wimbledon this year, so probably. Djokovic is the two seed. So. Uh, no, Djokovic beat. Djokovic uh, beat uh, Krigos. Nick Krigos. Uh, Kyrios. last year. Yeah. yeah. He is the hothead. Go look up some highlights oh, yeah. of uh, Nick He'll Kyrgios. smash a racket in a yeah. heartbeat. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a Spaniard representing Greece or Greek representing Spain, something like that. But um, he's a hothead for sure. Yeah, I think his home country probably, you know, got rid of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he yeah, was they, he was crazy for a little while. They told him under no circumstances will you be a grizzly next year. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna give you some. I'm gonna like hold up some flashcards of people that are still left in Wimbledon in our next podcast and get you to pronounce the names. Let's go. You know me, man. I'll butcher that son of a gun with the best of yeah. them. So uh, we just saw a blast from the past means nothing to you. Stan Vavrinka, uh fellow, uh, he is uh, Spanish. He was from, uh, you know, in there with Rafa and that all. He is made a sure. resurgence. He's in the second round. Pretty sure if you put two people in a lineup, I still couldn't pick him out. <laughs> no, no, nor could you. You probably could pick out Novak Djokovic out of a lineup. No, I know what he looks like in the doll and like some of those guys. I watched yeah. a lot of tennis growing up. Mama Lee, my mom was a big tennis fan. Andre Agassi, Pete Sampras, those guys. Like I, I know those guys. Yeah. Could you tell me who the fourth ranked golfer, I mean, uh, tennis player in the world is right now? Nope. <laughs> it's a man named Casper Rude. R U U D Rude. Yep, got nothing so, on that one, Buck. Yeah. So, can't you could tell make me up history. any name. You could be making that name up right now and I'd believe you. Yeah. <laughs> but am I? <laughs> so that's all I've got. Yeah, that's all I've got. We've trailed off here at the end of the podcast, but we we kept it a little shorter, so we kind of trailed off at the end here. Yeah, man. It was a, it was another good episode, sir. Thanks for Meet with me tonight, man. Listen, if you're out there listening, you're still here with us. Why? First of all, second of all, thanks for being here. We appreciate y'all uh, tuning in every week and being here. Drew, tell them where they can find us, and we'll wrap this baby up. Yeah, so you can find us on all of your favorite podcast platforms at the Two Buck Sports Podcast. Uh, that's going to be Apple, Spotify, Google Play, whatever you want to do. If you want to watch us live and in person, looking at each other on the Skype on the Skype computers. Uh, you can watch us on YouTube at the Two Bucks Sports Podcast. Uh, our Instagram and Twitter is where we are the most active. The Two Bucks Sports Podcast there. 
anytime you see uh, Rusty post anything on Instagram that requires a question or an answer, please respond. We go through all of them here on the podcast, and we're getting to the slow season of sports, and so fan interaction is more important than ever. Yeah. And so we covet your thoughts, your opinions, uh, your comments, whatever you've got for us. We'll be glad to talk about it right here on the Two Buck Sports Podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Looking forward to seeing y'all back here next week. Until then, Uncle Buck, be good. We'll talk to y'all soon. Bye.